0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: I'm Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of fog.net. This is a replay of
2: WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network.
1: Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. What an interesting day it was, Michael, in college football. I got left out of the college football playoff, and I think everyone's upset. Well, Fitz, you made up for it by dressing like a Pop-Tart, so I I think you're halfway there. I know. I am delicious. Do you know that they're going to have an edible mascot? Interesting. I like the sound of that. They're not allowing me to attend. Oh. You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at thedrive13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question. And make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net. And we start things off, as we always do, with the two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. All right, Fitz, as I mentioned, K-State is headed to the Pop-Tarts oh. Bowl and will take
2: on NC State. What's your initial take on K-State's destination, which is
1: Orlando? and its opponent. Orlando. Hey look uh, this is a great opportunity for Kansas State and it's interesting to me because you know Will Howard's moved on so Avery Johnson will be the quarterback. Fans are fired up about that. Really do we have to run the highlights of the Snowmageddon Uh, because it was not fun. And uh, it's going to be, Orlando's going to be much warmer than the last football game we hope. Uh, But this is a good matchup. I'm fascinated by seeing what NC State's about Um, and I I think it's going to be a really good game and uh, the, the issue here with this bowl game is the expense in getting to Florida this time of year is absolutely outrageous. So a lot of fans will be driving if they plan on attending or spending a lot of money on airfare. It's crazy, but uh, this is a fun bowl for K-State, a bowl that they've never been to, and I think that was a big factor. And I honestly, we've been hearing for weeks that the winner of the K-State KU game would get this bid and it held up through time Um, and they couldn't go wrong with either one of them. Uh, But I I like the fact that after facing Alabama last year in the Sugar Bowl and the possibility that Notre Dame might have ended up in this game. uh, But as we went to tape here, I still know where they're playing to get an NC State team against the uh, ACC that. Honestly, Michael, I think as we saw from the college football playoff committee, it just wasn't very good this year. Um, I I wasn't impressed by any team I saw out of the ACC, and I have to admit I never watched NC State, so I don't know. Uh, But it'll be a fun opportunity to see what some of these young guys on this K-State team can do for Chris Kleiman. I know a lot of them will be playing. It's kind of going to be... The beginning of the next season, instead of the end of the previous season, as most bowl games are. It's an opportunity for guys to really show their stuff before they move into the off season and probably move into significant roles on the field for the Wildcats in 2024. But uh, a cool opportunity for K-State. Um, I'm not a big Pop-Tarts fan. I really never was, uh, but I think I'll I think I'll have one just just because they're sponsoring the bowl. I think they have grape grape uh, i don't know what it's no purple. strawberry uh, my do, that, that, my that's the flavor you got to go with that's the flavor. i don't i don't know it looks like uh oregon state and notre dame it's a sun bowl notre dame's oh. going to el paso huh that's interesting hey michael ku on the other hand is headed down to phoenix and the guaranteed rape bowl which has been named 17 different things over the 17 previous seasons It'll take on UNLV. Is this a good outcome for Kansas? Fitz, you can look at this a whole
2: lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think from my perspective, it's a good outcome that Kansas is in another bowl game. The actual bowl game, um, the timing of it, probably not great for fans. Fitz, let's be honest here, right? December 26th is is a pretty big challenge. You're looking at fans deciding, okay, are we going to fly down the day of the game and maybe stay a day or two after? Okay, that that could work. But you're kind of getting your your cake before having the dinner, right? You wanna have some experience building up before the bowl game. But this is gonna be a big challenge here, Fitz, because like you said with going to Florida, right? Going to Arizona this time of year too is not cheap from Kansas City. So this is another very expensive endeavor for KU fans. And look, Let's be honest here. This matchup is not necessarily one that going into the season or going into the weekend you thought was going to happen or that I think gets a lot of people excited. UNLV has a great offense. This will be a fun football game. But in terms of looking at the two brands they're going to face off on December 26, it's not necessarily one that's going to get you really excited, right? It's not like if KU's playing Nebraska or Wisconsin or heck, any Big Ten team, really. It's a little bit different. So... Overall, right, I think it's a huge positive Kansas gets to play another bowl game, that they're going to get these players the opportunity to go and be a part of a bowl game that feeds into the Fiesta Bowl, right? This is the bowl prep for this group and for this bowl committee. So KU is going to be treated very well and the players are going to have a great time doing this. And that's huge for them because this has been a tough season. It's been a lot of adversity and the guys have fought through it and deserve this great opportunity. But again, if you're looking at this from a fan perspective, it is not the easiest or maybe the best outcome overall. So I'm fascinated to see Fitz, what the crowd looks like. It's played at a baseball stadium too. That's a fun fact for you. I'll uh, be really fascinating to see what this KU crowd looks like because a lot of KU fans went to Memphis last year, Fitz. It was great to see all the KU fans on Beale Street. But this year, it might be a little bit different. The timing and the financial aspect are going to be pretty tough. But for the Kansas football program, it's a great opportunity.
1: I'm so watching these highlights. How fast is Jason Bean? He just ran away from everyone in those highlights. Like, see ya. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's is that normally a Pac-12 bull? It's a Big Ten bowl. Big Ten bowl. The Big Ten is terrible. The, the, yeah, UNLV might have won the Big Ten
2: last. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the college – oh, Michael, this is yours. I'm
2: yeah, sorry. the college football playoff is set with Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama making the playoff, most notably Florida State and Georgia not.
1: Did Florida State get screwed fits? I think they – did, but I understand exactly what the committee did. Uh, you know, I, this was the worst case scenario for the committee. Never before have we had three undefeated Power Five champions and then two really good one-loss champions in Alabama and Texas. And they made the decision that without their starting quarterback, who's injured, Florida State was the worst of those five teams, even though they were winless. And I gotta say, the ACC is absolute trash. I watched that championship game, and I felt sorry for anyone that was forced to watch it. Uh, I turned to the Big Ten game because it was more exciting. So, yeah, um, I think they got it right in terms of the best teams, but I don't like the precedent of leaving out a Power Five unbeaten team. Um, Luckily, the next series of events here with the 12-team playoffs, that won't happen. the conference champions will get the buys, but it's it's just fascinating to me, Michael. This is the conclusion that came to, and uh, but I want to I want to point this out. ACC was part of the coalition that blocked the expansion of the playoff until next year. We should have had it this year, and they ended up absolutely uh, damaging their own product because they didn't want. The playoff expanded to 12 a year early. It's crazy. If it's this comes down to right, the big argument
2: that if you watch the <clears> college football selection show, you heard it said a million times. What are they picking? Is it the most deserving teams or is it the best teams? Right. If they're picking the best teams, then yeah, it makes sense to leave Florida State out. I'd also argue Georgia is one of the best four teams in the country. They had a very bad time loss, but you put George against any other team in the country, I think they're winning that game more times than not, Alabama included. But I think also fits, right? It's hard to not say, this should also be the most deserving teams, right? We just played a full season and Florida State did not lose and they dominated at some portions and they lost their quarterback at an unfortunate time. That shouldn't impact their ability to play for a national title. I think it just comes down to the, the argument, which is a, it's a tough one to pick.
1: I have some more thoughts on this, and I'll save them for the end of the show because mm-hmm. I think there was a whole other factor at play here, one that I'm not comfortable with. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland's Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free
2: estimate. All right, Fitz, last week's question <clears throat> was who wins the Big 12 title game? The fans are smart, Fitz. 33% picked Oklahoma State. I think they were wishing with their heart. Yeah.
1: 67% picked with their brain, and they picked Texas. Yeah, Texas could have won by a lot more than they did. Here's this week's question. Should the college football playoff had, have included Florida State? Yes or no? Those are your answers. Hmm. There's no there's no C. You just got those two. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. All right, that will do it for this
2: half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive.
0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com.
1: Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of The Two-Minute Drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years.
2: All right, Fitz, K-State notched two wins, but both were in overtime this past week. Let's get a status check, Fitz. Are you concerned about how K-State's playing right now on the hardwood?
1: First, let me say that Jerome Tang is now 8-0 in overtime games. If they get you to overtime, you're in trouble. But these opponents were Oral Roberts, which has been a good program over the last few years, and they were a good team, and North Alabama, uh, honestly, a university I didn't know existed until a year or two ago, and they were playing without their best player, and they led basically the entire game, and K-State tied it up in the final seconds to get it to overtime, built a lead, and then hung on to win by one. It was an awful performance. It was, it was not good. This K-State team has got to start carving out its identity, and a A big problem is Tyler Perry. He's just so inconsistent. He's not very good in the first half. He wasn't very good for this entire game. He was one of six from three point range. The one he hit was in the final seconds to tie the game. So this K-State team is just kind of limping by, getting along, they're really missing some players. And they've got Villanova coming in on Tuesday night who I I honestly thought would blow K-State off the court, and maybe they still will, but they lost two games last week, and probably to better teams than what K-State took to overtime. But this is a a team that just hasn't found itself yet, hasn't got that cohesiveness you need to have once you enter uh, conference play. And having Villanova in this Big East Challenge is a real tough get for K-State. This is a really tough matchup, a long athletic team, the exact same type of teams that K-State has lost to uh, in USC and Miami, so I, I don't know where this team's headed. They desperately need Naquan Tomlin back on the court. There's some hangups with that apparently, which we're covering at Go Power Cat, and we'll see if it all shakes out. Uh, but uh, Tuesday night against Villanova, it's going to be a rocking house. People have been looking forward to this game. It's Wildcats against the Wildcats. And the Purple Wildcats better play a whole lot better than they have been if they want to win the game because Villanova's pretty darn good.
2: Yeah, Fitz, the, the by games are the ones where you want to see the team yeah. come out and show its identity and, and dominate. It doesn't have to be for the full 40 minutes, but for a good portion of it. And I think the fact that K-State has really struggled to do that in two games is really concerning.
1: It, it, they're not polished and, and their energy levels doesn't seem to spike until it's desperation time and then they play well. It's just crazy, they just need to get it going. Well, KU basketball beat number four UConn on Friday night in a terrific game. How huge was that win for KU and what did you learn about the Jayhawks?
2: I think we continue to see that this KU team is pretty tough. You look at the way that UConn plays, right? And they have a guy, and Tristan Newton, who just went off. One of the best performances I've seen from a guard and non-conference play now in Fieldhouse in a long time. And Kay just kind of keeps battling back. And I look to this point in the second half where UConn made its run. They made their move. They took the lead in the game. And I think we've seen some of the poor Bill Self teams, right? I think back to that 2019 team, uh, they tend to struggle in that moment. And this team responded with a huge run. I look at the play of somebody like Johnny Furphy making a huge three in the corner as a freshman. The confidence that he is playing with, I think, speaks volumes about just the team overall, where they all have a huge self-belief in each other. And look, Alan Fieldhouse was on fire, Fits on Friday night. That was the best in-game atmosphere I've seen in my years covering Kansas. It was incredible. I really hope that people are able to get a feel for that one day, but I think this KU team continues to show that guys like Hunter Dickinson, KJ Adams, and Kevin McCuller are gonna keep showing up, game in and game out. Hunter Dickinson, great in the first half, is the reason that Kansas was able to get a seven to eight point lead, and just kind of hover around that for most of the first half. KJ Adams making five free throws down the stretch, after he entered the game shooting under 50% for the season, I believe. And he comes up in the clutch with the mental fortitude, with everything going on in his personal yeah. life, right, Fitz, to be able to step up in that moment and do it, that is resiliency. And then you've got Kevin McCullough who makes some huge threes down the stretch. He's not been a great three-point shooter in his career, but the confidence that he has this year and the confidence that he's playing with is at a whole different level. So I think you're seeing this team showcase the character that it has. It's a group that is still learning how to play together, right? I think Juan Harris, KJ Adams are really figuring it out. KU's bench has been terrible. They're trying to work through it as well. But the thing that has really shown up in the last week going back to Maui is the mental fortitude that this team has and their ability to fight through tough moments and bounce back and come out on the other end with a win.
1: Yeah, shout out to KJ Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, life knocks you on your butt once in a while and that's what he's going through with the passing of his mom. And to mm-hmm. show up and play at that level, oh, man, much respect. Much, much respect. And now we step out of bounds and out of bounds, brought to you by Daris Corner Market. We love local and we're local for you. All right, Fitz, I have an interesting question for you.
2: Um, Dan Hurley and Bill Self said they want to see more college basketball teams scheduling elite home and homes. How much do you think that would impact the sport broadly if you saw much more of that in December or even in November?
1: Uh, Well, I think it's really important for the Big 12. because if the Big 12 really is going to play up their basketball entity and there's been a lot of talk about adding UConn and Villanova and Gonzaga to the basketball conference, uh, then I, I I think a lot of that marquee matchups will take place in, within the, the conference. But if you're asking networks to pay a premium for basketball, which is the next move for the Big 12, mm. to say, hey, look. Uh, we know you've claimed that 10% of the contracts for TV are for basketball and the other 90s for football, but that's not the way, reality. In reality, it's more like... Thirty to forty percent are basketball, and we, you've been getting a discount. So you got to make sure you put a product out mm. there that's worth paying for. I'd love to see it. I love that K State's playing Villanova, and I think doing it with these conference matchups, everyone should have a com. Every conference, once the Pac-12 is gone, all four conferences should have this going on with each other. There should be a Big Twelve team playing the Big East and the mm. SEC and ACC. It just should happen. And what's the other one? Oh, the Big Ten, they're so forgettable. But uh, I'd love it. I'd love it, and I love that Jerome Tang is up the schedule at K-State. I think it's huge too, Fits right? Playing it on college campuses, Yeah, right?
2: That is what is so special about college sports and college basketball. It's not going playing in an NBA arena or some weird gym in the Bahamas. Like, it is playing it on college campuses where the players can get that experience and the fans can equally get that experience of elite basketball. Are you, are you trying
1: to say you're not a fan of basketball played in a ballroom? Not really. Hmm, that's a weird stand. I don't <laughs> understand it. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Medlark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. Our fan question this week is, Will
2: Will Howard be it. the next starting quarterback at USC? This comes from
1: Jordan and Lawrence. This is fascinating. Will Howard, uh, as a grad uh, student could go into the portal after the season and he is and people are like why is he leaving K-State well number one and this is a kind of a weird comparison because the levels of football are different but Alex Smith was the starter when Patrick Mahomes was the rookie and then everyone knew Alex said, you got to make room and that's a way everyone in Manhattan in the football complex feels about Avery Johnson but also the NIL allows these guys to get paid money a lot of money Matt Rule said $1.5 to $2 million of NIL is what it costs to get a quality quarterback for one season. Mm. It's craziness. USC, Washington, Oregon, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Miami, they've all reached out to Will Howard and plan on making offers. It's incredible. So USC, I don't know, but it's going to be someplace that's going to pay him extremely well and give him that one more season to put on his resume for the NFL. Crazy. Mm. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at
2: the drive 13. We will look at our predictions when we return here on the drive.
0: Welcome back to the drive, fueled by briggsauto.com.
1: And it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now let's take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites, meeting your friends at Kites since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive13. There are last week's results. Fans, fans, what are you doing? You're giving us the lead here. It's kind of nice. Here's this week's picks. And we're gonna start with it's all basketball, of course. KU versus Missouri. KU's a ten and a half point favorite. So do the Jayhawks beat the Tigers by 11 or more? Yes, I, I yes. think so, Fitz. I think so too. I would pick I would pick KU to win by 20.
2: 20. Yeah. I agree there. I don't know what Vegas is thinking. But next, nope. K-State hosts Villanova, the game you talked about, Fitz. We've got this one as a pick em. Yeah, I'm going to take Villanova.
1: Yeah, there's not really a line on this. And what did you use, Ken Palm? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to take Villanova too. I, I know Nova lost a couple games, but this is a bad matchup for K-State. Mm. Our last game of the week is another K-State game. They go to LSU over the weekend. This one is also a pick em, and I think K-State does win this game.
2: See, I think LSU at home is going to be able to scratch this one out.
1: Ooh, I like that, Tigers. I get what you're doing there. I like it a lot. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 if Michael remembers to post them. Now it's for time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community, and we start off with Michael Swain of Fog.net.
2: Lance Leipold is looking for a new offensive coordinator or tight ends coach. We'll see how it plays out. Andy Kodernicki, um KU's offensive mastermind, is headed to Penn State. Penn State decided to pay, pay a $700,000 buyout and they will pay Kodonecki $1.6 million this year with that salary going all the way up to $2 million at the end of his contract in year four. KU fought hard to keep Kodonecki and he's someone that's been with Lance Leipold for over a decade. I think you can look at this a couple ways. Fitz, on the one hand, KU's losing a coordinator. That is a big deal, and having to fill that hole is going to take some time, and Lance Leipold will find the best candidate. On the other, it's a big difference, Fitz. Penn State, the program, is looking for an offensive coordinator, and they went to Lawrence, Kansas, to try and poach KUs, and they paid a hefty price in doing so. I think people around KU are probably disappointed that Kulernicki decided to take the job, but it's one of those where you look at Penn State standing in college football, it's a pretty high place.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I'm impressed because that's a, usually I, I walk away from a lot of those and go, why are they paying that much? He's worth it. Mm-hmm. He really is worth it. Let's go back to the uh, selections for the playoff. And I'm just going to propose this, that if there was a team out there that had Alabama's resume, but it wasn't Alabama and it wasn't in the SEC, everything was the same except for those two factors. It was a Big Ten team or a Pac-12 team or a Big 12 team. This change of moving an unbeaten Florida State out of the playoff to make room for the other team would never have happened. This was a clear SEC bias. And this is an SEC this season that did not perform well in Power 5 non-conference games conference-wide. They just didn't. And yet their strength of schedule is high because they're playing SEC teams. It's a built-in bias. It's crazy. The new playoff will fix it, but it still stinks if you're Florida State. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.